Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Drive it. Shot clock about to expire. Step back three from Embiid. Oh my goodness! Here's Joel on that last action. Shot clock winding down. Defenders running at him. Well, that's Kate Scott and Al Abdenabi uh, yesterday afternoon as the Sixers roll over a bad Indiana, in Indiana team. And uh, Joel Embiid had a great game yesterday. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 14 for 17 from the field, and a man who was there to cover it, as he usually is, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News joins us now. Keith, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're great. We are great. Uh, a little nervous about the Sixers. Let's start with the good mm-hmm. stuff. The good stuff is Embiid, who, um, as you noted today, probably locked up the scoring title Yesterday, the only way it can he cannot, I guess, is if he plays and gets two points, and then Jokic plays and gets fifty points or whatever. But he's he's locked it up. But he has not locked up the MVP. Keith Pompey, we ask you: Should he be the MVP, and will he be the MVP? Okay, so I'm going to tell you: I voted. I have a vote. I voted for him to be the MVP. The first time I've ever voted for him to be the MVP. So. Let's put that out there. Um, and I don't think he will get the MVP. Um, the reason being is I, I feel like that right about now, and there's a lot of people who are getting caught up in, in statistics. And it, it means a lot, I guess. You know, uh, Joker, 2,000 points, 1,000 uh, rebounds, you know, 500 assists. Um, but the, So I think that that could stand in Joel Embiid's way right, when it comes down to the national voting. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I voted for him in regards to the MVP is, and I understand what people are saying about Joker, but if you take Embiid off of this 76ers team, no offense to the players they have, I believe that they're a play-in team. And even though we talked about when you, when you led in, you said, you know, they played a bad Indiana team. He scored 41 points and had 20 rebounds against a bad Indiana team. But it seems like he's had to have performances like that all year, regardless of the quality of the competition for them to win, right? Mm -hmm. So when you you look at it, when we talk about most valuable, he has been the most valuable player on the team uh, for the 76ers, arguably the league. I also think that we have to go into account his whole season, the totalitarian. Like in the beginning, the whole Ben Simmons saga – Right, it was to a point where he was carrying them then. Yep. And then now you look at it; they have James Harden. James Harden hasn't come close to performing the way that everybody expected him to do. 
and he's still carrying the Sixers. So that's the reason why I voted for Embiid. But there are going to be some people who have a vote, and they just don't pay as close attention to what the Sixers are doing and what they've been through as, you know, others, and they're going to go for the, you know, for the Joker's uh, stats. Yeah, Ray, I, think, I, I, I would just like to record that and send that to every voter, if I may. No, I, I agree. I agree with Keith entirely, and I think that Keith, I didn't realize until I was reading a piece this week um, that said that uh, for Jokic, two thousand points, a thousand rebounds, five hundred assists in a season, which he did this year, was the first time it's ever been done by anybody. Uh, I yeah. did, I didn't know that. So that's you know, I, you know, that's pretty impressive. I, I agree with you there. If you if you look at the numbers, the fact that in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, he did something this year no player has ever done. That's pretty good. But I think it gets back to, and this is the point that you just made, it gets back to the whole notion of what is most valuable player. You know, what does that award mm-hmm. really tell you? And when you think about what the Sixers were this year, what they went through, as you say, with the Simmons thing, the whole transformation at midseason when they make the trade, they make the team over, they bring in a new player in hard, and they have to re- reconstitute how they're going to play the game and everything. The one constant through the whole thing has been Embiid. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. there every night, and he's kept this team on track. And I agree with you. I mean, if, if you take him off this team, they're nowhere, you know? So if you're just going to define it by what an MVP truly means, I think he is the most valuable. I really, I'm not taking anything away from what Jokic has accomplished because it's been great. But if you really define most valuable player to who has been most valuable and critical to his team and what would the team be without him, I honestly think it's Embiid hands down. Yeah, I agree. Of course I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they play tonight. They're, I guess, 3.30 start today, right, uh, against the Pistons. Uh, Sixers would be a favorite. Celtics play the Grizzlies. Um, if the Celtics win, the Celtics get the three seed no matter what. Uh, any sense? The Grizzlies are playing for nothing today, right, Keith? Any sense that the Grizzlies are going to play guys, or are they just going to kind of tank this one? Yeah, it's funny because I keep like going online looking to see, right? Let me see, mm-hmm. let's see any updates. Um, you know, the, the weird thing is the Grizzlies want to, they wanted to basically have all their guys together going into the playoffs. Now, they do have six days off before they play the next one. My only question is, you know, John Morant just came back from missing nine games mm-hmm. with an injury. Do you want to do a back to back with him? And what about some of these other guys? So, you know, my thing is, if, if if I'm if the coach, it depends on what they want. Like, if they want to basically say, okay, we're going to play another game, you know, let uh, let's do it. But you know, I, something tells me that, and and I could be wrong, but you know, I get the, the gist by just by reading stuff that it it could be one of those things where they get up today and and they're looking at guys and making phone calls and saying, how do you feel? How how did you how did your injury? I mean, you know. How do you feel, Ja? And if Ja says he he, you know, he just wants to rest, then they're not going to play. Now mm-hmm. I'm under the belief that the Boston Celtics, because you know we have Matisse Thybul who's not fully vaccinated in Philadelphia, but the Boston Celtics has Al Horford and they have um, a Jalen Brown. So you know they have two guys who they don't want to go to Toronto and, and play with. So I'm under the belief that you know the Celtics are going to come. Uh, you know, bring it. They're going to have all their starters, and they're going to try to go um, hard as if it is a playoff game today against the Grizzlies. How do you feel when you're looking ahead to what lies ahead, the possible matchups for the Sixers in the playoffs? 
which ones do you view as favorable and which ones do you view as the, the most perilous? You know, it's weird, and it's, it's funny because when we look at it, we would say possible matchups. Let's start with the first one. Um, you, you look at Chicago, and, and you see how the Sixers match up against them. Chicago just doesn't have anyone who can who who can stop and be. No, yeah. um, but you know, but when you look at Toronto in the regular season, I mean, Toronto hasn't really even played the Sixers with their full complement of players, and they've been able to get the best of them. And then the one game that the Sixers beat them with, Toronto had six guys out with COVID, right? So it, it, it's one of those things where you look at how long and how athletic they are. They're in, they have a lot of interchangeable parts. You know, that that's a tough matchup. And it's one matchup that a lot of people are saying, you don't want to play the Raptors, you don't want to play the Brooklyn Nets, and you don't want to meet the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. They're three Atlantic Division, you know, rivals, right? But the one thing I will say is you remember last year when they when they lost to the Atlanta Hawks? Sure. Everyone was excited that they were yes. playing the Atlanta yeah, Hawks. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's you, true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yep. a matchup because we they, wanted. They, yeah, yeah. That's the matchup you want because they destroyed the Atlanta Hawks in the regular season. And then what happens is, you know, playoff basketball is a little bit different. You can get the scout, you, you scout your opponent more. <laughs> So it's one of those things where although you say to yourself, like, I want the Bulls, I want the Bulls, I want the Bulls, you know, it's, it's basically going to come down to how are the coaches going to scheme and how are they going to have people prepared. And, you know, it's going to be more of a half-court game, which you, you, you think is, is suits James Harden a little bit better. You know, you have a guy like uh, uh, Danny Green, who he's playing Toronto. You know, he wanted to go back to Toronto. He ended up, you know, signing with the Lakers um, for that one year. So he's going to be a little bit motivated. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where the playoffs, things can change. But right now, when you look at it, you say to yourself, now nah, we don't want any parts of that because of the Matisse situation. But again, it's all about how is Doc Rivers going to have them prepared and what is James Harden going to do? Is he going to step up? and show that he's that guy that they traded for. Yeah. I want to get to Harden in a minute, but I just want to stick with the Toronto possibility for a moment. And Ray and I talked about this early, and maybe it's unfair to think this Mm -hmm. way or to ask you this, but if they play Toronto, and if, per chance, they lose the series because he can't play, right? They split the first two games here. They go to Toronto. There's defensive lapses, whatever. Uh, for Joel Embiid, this is his best. I mean, maybe things will get better, but this is clearly, you know, he's having his best season. Uh, for James Harden, we believe he came here in part because he really saw the opportunity to win uh, and was leaving a team where a guy wasn't vaccinated. If they lose it and Thibel becomes an issue, is it possible, like, he can't play here in the future? Or am I making too much out of this? I mean, that's a great question. Um I mean, I don't know if you're making too much out of it. You know, um, I, I, I think it's a, it's a sensitive, it is a, a sensitive subject, you know, where, you know, people, you're going to, if, 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 if people, if they get rid of them, there are going to be some people that say, look, man, he has his right. And then it becomes a bigger issue. But I will say this, and I, and you kind of feel sorry for the guy, um, in a way, because it's like a no win situation for him. You know, he, he, it's not like he's a, a superstar player to whereas like, you know, Kyrie, you just deal with what Kyrie does. 
because he's a max player. You may not like him, right. but when you have a guy like a um, uh, I'm about to say, a, yeah, Matisse Thibel, you know, he's going to be the scapegoat mm-hmm. if they lose, mm-hmm. and if he stays or not, there's going to be certain people saying, you know, they're not going to come down on him like they did Ben Simmons, but there are going to be certain people saying it's your fault. It's your fault, even though when he played the Sixers were getting destroyed by that team, people are still going to say, it's your fault. You're the reason why we lost. And, 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 and you know, he does have, you know, I'm a guy who's fully vaxxed, a guy who got my boosters. Matter of fact, I'm 50, so I got my, my I got the second booster yesterday before mm-hmm. the game. Yep. So, so I believe in that, but at the same time, he has a right to do what he wants to do. And, but at the same time, there's always an escape goat when things go wrong, and I and I feel like that he will be made the escape go if they do lose that that series. Yeah, I think it's un- unavoidable, Keith. No question about that. Um, I, you know, Glenn alluded to Harden, so I guess there's we got to kind of talk about him where he is right now. Um, clearly, he's been struggling. I mean, it's uh, you know the the, the, the long range shooting has just been part of it. He just you know he can't quite get to the basket anymore. He just I, I guess my question is, is is it a case of that he's still playing hurt, that the hamstring hasn't fully recovered, and he's playing, he's just trying to play through an injury? Or is it a case of he's just getting older, and there are things that we used to remember him being able to do that he just can't do anymore? Or is it more like, is it probably just maybe a combination of the two? I, I think it's the third. It's a combination of the two. I mean, you know, and, and I, I listened to you guys yesterday. And I, you know, heard you say, you know, Derek Bodner said the same thing. Um, I do think it's a combination of two. Now, the one thing is I will say that, you know, it's obvious that something is wrong with him. I mean, there was a time where he had a sleeve on his cap, right? There was a time where I saw on the bench the guy was giving him a massage on his on his calf. You look at it now, he's been playing some games with a with a sleeve on his whole leg, you know, so that tells you that something is wrong. You can look at his shot. You can look that there's not a lot of elevation. You can look at sometimes he's back rimming these, these, these threes, right? So you can tell that he's like pushing extra. Um, the, the, the thing is, is, it's like, although he keeps saying everything is great, everything is great, you know that the hamstring is bothering him still a little bit, right? Um, but I think he's trying to power through it. Um, when you see a guy who last year, he has so many hamstring problems. He has some early on, and then he comes back and he and he's playing well initially. To me, I look at it as if he had some rest. You know, he was able to come back and and play well. But then on the NBA schedule is so grueling. When you start playing X amount of games, it kind of like takes away from it because you don't have that long of a recovery. So I think that has a lot to do with the the hamstring. Now again. He is getting older. There was times in the past where, you know, as a young guy, you didn't need to take that much rest. You could do whatever you you did and come out and play. So, you know, I think hopefully for him and hopefully for the 76ers, the fact that, you know, games are going to be spread out a little bit more in the playoffs, that, you know, he can, uh, you know, uh, be a little bit better. Now, something else I will add, the rule changes also impacted his play as well. Now, I know the shot isn't there. Yeah. But there was a time in the past when his shot wasn't going well, he would just draw, um, just just drive the lane, and because of his his status, if someone would touch him, he would get a foul. 
nowadays you yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. he's trying to get that and yeah, they're not giving it to him. Kick out that leg, you know? the ref's not buying it. Uh, no, not anymore. No. Well, Keith Pompey, it is uh, it is a pleasure to speak with you. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Pompey on Sixers, and we look forward to talking to you maybe during an extended playoff run. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, be well. Thanks so much. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, there you go. Uh, James Harden yesterday had a better game, well, had a better second half. First half, 2 of 8, 0 for 4 on three-pointers. Second half, 5 of 8, 2 of 5 on three-pointers. Final, 7 for 16, 2 for 9. Yeah, 14 assists, but yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also five turnovers. Yep. So um, he just has to play better. Yep. You know, for them to, to even get to the conference final, not even talking about winning the whole thing, for him to get to the conference final, he's just going to have to play a lot better than he's playing right you now. You bet. Yes, sir. Let's get Rick in West Philly. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? All right. We're good. All right. Glenn Mac, always good to, hear, good to hear from you. Thank you, sir. And, Ray, you are my man for the last 45 years. <laughs> well, I you appreciate that. You made me that. a football genius because I would sit up here and listen to your articles, read the Daily News, or watch or listen to whatever you got to say, and I don't make no decisions until I'm talking to you about football. <laughs> so, and then I go outside and argue with the guys and... It's a nice debate, but they be arguing at me, and they'll do they know they're debating you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, so I'm like, I appreciate me making like a genius. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, where do you and where I, do you where I, do you want to see the Eagles go in the draft? I, man, they better get somebody on defense. They need to get if they got if they got to move up and get that guy from that defensive tackle from um, from Georgia, the one that runs that speed fifty one. Please get him. I don't care what you do, or you got to get a cornerback. Or you got to get a linebacker, and I know linebackers for the Eagles is like the plague, but you know. <laughs> was it nineteen seventy nine? Jerry Robinson. Seventy nine. Jerry Robinson. The last linebacker they hey, took in the first round. Yeah. How you, and, 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 and they sit up here and they watch all the teams win Super Bowls. Look at their linebackers. What is wrong with y'all? Yeah, it's philosophical, but I mean, you you um, you look at the teams that have won the last couple championships. Linebackers have been key, and linebackers exactly. are yeah. You, know, you get the right, right guy, it's a difference maker. Exactly, right? So, I don't understand. And, and, and Jesus, man, why did you apply for the general manager job at the Eagles? <laughs> Rick, we've asked, thanks, buddy. We've asked ourselves that question forever. Comes up every night at Tommy and Every me. year, <laughs> all these years, wasted time in the media when you could be building a dynasty. <laughs> One of these days we'll sit down. We'll have that. You long, get, um, long you know, time. sometimes sometimes you get them right, sometimes you get them wrong. I yeah, mean, I think that we you, we all have. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I, I the one thing I've, if there's one thing I've learned in fifty plus years of covering the NFL and analyzing drafts, nobody's perfect. I mean, even the best general managers make wrong decisions. I mean, Bobby Bethard, one of the great football architects of all time is in the Hall of Fame, and he drafted Ryan Leaf. So, I mean, everybody can be wrong. I went back. We may do this in one of these coming weeks. For some reason, somebody posted online the first round of the 2012 draft, 10 years ago. Yeah. Fletcher Cox draft, right? Yeah. And I was looking at that first round. Fletcher Cox is like the only guy still, not literally, but one of a handful of guys still playing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the best pick of the round ultimately now Luke Keekley was picked before Fletcher Cox and he was a great player he was a real good who, player. whose career had to end early right and Fletcher's really no, no longer a terrific player that he once was 
But just going through it, leaving Keekley and Cox out, you go through it and like the third pick of the draft is some offensive tackle who played three years and disappeared. And the fifth pick is this wide receiver everybody thought was going to be good and he caught 80 passes. And, and it's it happens. We just – we localize it, right? Mm-hmm. Because we say like, God almighty, they took Jalen Rager and they could have taken Justin Jefferson. What in the world were they thinking? Right. But every year you look back and half of the first-round picks are duds. Yeah, well, and the offensive lineman you're talking about, I think, was Matt Khalil, right? He was the offensive. Might have tackle. been. I don't know. Yeah, I, and I, he was he was like the third overall pick. Everybody said can't miss. Don, yeah, you know, it might have been. You know, all pro player, probably a Pro Bowl player. Matt Khalil never amounted to anything. It turns out his younger brother Ryan winds up getting drafted by Carolina. Nobody really thinks all that much of him, and he goes on to Carolina and becomes an outstanding player for yeah. a decade. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody, it's it's so hard. It really is so hard to make these evaluations. Yep. All right, we'll come back. We will get your calls. We want to look at the most overrated stat. We got a fifty dollars gift card to Shibe Sports to give out. Motion, even nobody's running away with this thing at this point, right? No, so far Ray is still winning with Ray is still percentage. winning completion percentage. Yeah, yes, that's a good one. <laughs> that was a very good one. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All calls in the next segment. All calls. Uh, at uh, the segment after that, Ray's going to give his NFL draft preview. Where are we going with that one today, Ray? Well, we talked about it yesterday. Um, I'll start on my sleepers. Nice. I'll start. Uh, I'll give you two. I'll give you two defensive sleepers today. Love it. All right. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.